Hey everybody, it's Adrian. So before we jump into the episode today, we wanted to let you guys know that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. It has been set up. You can feel free to go and check out the tiers and see what's going on. We are so excited about it. We are really, really stoked to bring you guys some bonus content. And of course, who knows, maybe some things in the future. So go ahead and check it out. You can find it at patreon.com slash slash her pod. That is a mouthful. Again, that's patreon.com slash slash her pod. And it's slash her with two H's. So S-L-A-S-H-H-E-R slash her pod. And go check out the tiers. And we appreciate you guys' support. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. everybody and welcome to slash her a delusional look into the art of horror and all things spooky kooky and terrifying my name is adrian and i'm stormy and welcome to episode 101 welcome to a new monthly theme at slash her and this month you guys were kicking and talking about horror anthologies snaps Snaps for the anthology girlies (laughs) um I don't know, Stormy, are you a horror anthology type of bitch? Um, I really can't think of any that I really watched often. We've talked about a like, few. Yeah, 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 other than for the podcast. All right, right, right. Because I, I don't think I saw Trick or Treat before the podcast. A sin. A uh, sin on, uh, on, on the horror fandom. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I can't remember. I don't think I did. Um... I'm pretty sure you didn't. I'm pretty sure that was one. Th- uh, yeah. That was one discussion or one point of the discussion. I was like, "Girl, how? What? How yeah. have you never seen this movie?" And then we've watched one other VHS at least. We did. We watched the original. Yeah. And we also watched Southbound, which was a horror anthology for a road trip month. Yeah. Um, and this so, movie. like, I'm just not an anthology bitch, but like, not on purpose, I guess. Same. But they're also a lot of them aren't really like mainstream media. I feel like other than probably Trick or Treat. Yeah, I don't think a lot of them have been like really big releases. Um, because I don't remember Southbound being released. I don't remember VHS. I mean, I'm, I remember VHS being a big thing because of Bloody Disgusting. But other than that, no idea, girl. Horror, uh, horror anthology movies and anthologies in general. I think they definitely fall within. Like the horror fandom, like you said, mm-hmm. they're not really like mainstream releases. Um, they don't have the biggest budgets, of course, right? Because um, they're shorter films compiled into one, you know, movie experience. Uh, so they are th- typically again lower budget. Like their release doesn't reach as far as some other movies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you definitely have to be like in the horror scene to really have an idea of what anthologies are coming out um, and what to expect, especially within like you know i would say at least the last 20 years like the modern era i guess anything before Mm -hmm. 2000s i feel like those horror anthologies have pretty much cemented themselves as horror classics you know you have like the creep show films one and two um and you've seen creep show or you haven't seen creep show okay so for me with horror anthologies just like stormy 
honestly, up until we started doing this podcast, I they just were never really on my radar. Not that they were bad by any stretch of the imagination or that I just didn't enjoy them or I just honestly, I just they just flew past my radar. I just wasn't seeking them out, I guess, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, for the longest time, the only horror anthology movie that I had watched was Trick or Treat. You know, and that when I went to go watch Trick or Treat for the first time, or I don't think it was in theaters, obviously, it was like a when I rented it on DVD, I wasn't even expecting it to be an anthology. So I remember the first time I watched it as a kid, I was like, what is happening? Because I was, I wasn't at that point not used to stories intertwining like that. So it mm-hmm. honestly was like one of the first anthologies I had seen outside of probably like Tales from the Crypt, which is still episodic, it was more week to week. Uh, but it was based off of like, you know, the anthology. So yeah. Trick or Treat was probably the first thing I really was most present thing, I guess, in my life for the longest time. Tales from the Crypt used to be my shit, though. Used to love it. Yeah. Used to love it. Um, Like my mom always tells stories like legit, even when I was in like footy pajamas, yo. Like I would hear that music and I would come running. That is so cute. And I would hustle my way over there and I'd watch it. But I would only watch the intro and then I'd watch the Crypt Keeper talk. And then once he, like, the story started, I would leave when I was a baby. Ooh. But, like, as I got older, bitch, that was my I'm shit. I'm pulling up the Tales from the Crypt theme song right now. I love him. I can see Baby Stormy fucking voguing the house Poppin'. down. <laughs> <laughs> Popping her diaper. Because I, I, I don't remember it. It's, I, maybe it's sinful of me, but I don't remember the theme song. Oh, I whatsoever. can't remember it off the top of my head at I just all. remember the Crypt Keeper, ob- mm-hmm. obviously. He's so cute. I love him. Oh, sorry. I have a YouTube ad, guys. Yeah, I love Kels from the Crypt. Um, that was something my aunt in particular always had on growing up like that, which is always playing on the TV. I didn't have to be spooky season. Like the Crypt Keeper was always just fucking playing on the TV. Yeah. I, I couldn't I, and I can't. I can't like name a single episode of Tales oh, from the Crypt. Oh, no, me either. I just remember loving it. It's like, um, it's like, you know, you love a show, but you can't think about like I've, I'm trying to think of like an example uh fear factor i love fear factor but i can't remember a single fucking thing that happened during oh fear i can factor. unfortunately i remember a <laughs> lot can. about that show traumatized uh-huh i mean obviously uh i used I to mean, love that show we so don't much so support that now. yeah obviously now obviously you know ooh, joe rogan's a piece of shit right but um yeah i used to love fear factor growing up like we I played used to fear think factor he was so hot too unfortunately thank god i never fell with him that, <laughs> oh uh, you said thank god i never fell for that trash yeah. but thank god i never Thank God that was never my type, you know, because mm-hmm. I would have thrown myself you down could, the stairs. You could smell the misogyny. You could <laughs> you could smell the awful person that he is. And oh, I yeah. just couldn't. He was an asshole. I don't know if you remember at all, but he was an asshole on that oh, show. Oh, yeah. He constantly talking shit, constantly starting drama between Degrading people. Degrading people, making yeah. them feel like shit for not doing something. I'm like, And the thing it? is, it's like, so you're going to stand there and talk shit. It's like a gym teacher, right? Yeah. They're talking shit about like you running stairs slow or something. I'm like, okay, then you come do it, bitch. Yeah. With your fucking knee replacement having ass. <laughs> and also it just tells you like the the landscape of like, media and tv like in the early aughts like that because like the show itself is about people facing their fears and like you're being an asshole the entire time like like, you're such a pussy and i'm like what yeah like he was just so like rude to them like if it was 2022 and they came out with fear factor now the person would be like so sweet it'd be a is fear factor still going i feel like it has momentarily i think in like 2018 for like 10 episodes or something if people were no and they canceled it so he started, you know, being racist and misogynistic and transphobic. He, somebody and gave him a microphone and on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. So, girl, n- not even if you're, on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, go right now to that podcast and report it. 
<laughs> Give us, you know what? And would then be like a better our show. Use of, yeah, I was like, you know what would be a better use of your time is just giving us a review. Uh-huh. Um, but so one time when I was working in dispatch, like somebody had like their radio stuck like on the on position, okay. and all I heard was cussing and talking about fuck this and fuck that and that stupid bitch. And I was like, what is happening? This is going over the radio, oh and I was gosh. like the fuck is happening and i end up i was calling everybody trying to see who is in a fight because that's what it sounded like <laughs> and then no one of my deputies was listening to joe rogan in their vehicle and i was like you know what this is why i'm on the way out <laughs> <laughs> how about you don't fear factor we were just talking about tv shows oh, okay uh but yeah so oh yeah tell us from the crypt let me play oh, that the music yes, yes yes hold on okay let me turn my phone up. let me put my footy pajamas on so i can shuffle The gate. I can feel it in my soul. Ooh. Ah, bitch. I can see me lacing up some hills right now. Getting ready to strut. Hey. Hey. <laughs> the music traveling. Okay, she's cute. I don't remember the same song at all. Oh, she's giving Beetle Geist the house down. <laughs> Beetle Geist. She's giving uh, Timber in realness. Okay, I'm going to stop because I don't know if I doubt we're going to get in any kind of trouble. But um, yeah, so anyways, uh, that was probably the one thing. I mean, and like episodic TV like that probably was my introduction to anthology-like stuff, if mm-hmm. anything. Tells from the Crypt. Um, I used to watch the Freddy Krueger show um, and watch those shows every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, reenactments through, you know, like the Believe It or Not show or the um, Fact or Fiction show. Ooh, I used to fuck with Fact or Fiction so heavy. Oh, yeah. My grandma's house caught on fire while I was what? watching those episodes. <laughs> what? Yeah. What so do you mean? It just it caught on fire. It caught on fire the kitchen while caught you were watching? on fire. Yeah, I was watching a super scary episode. I can't. Oh I wish God. I could remember which one it was exactly, but I remember it freaking me out. And like, as soon as he like, he was like, "Is it fucked <laughs> or you fiction?" You were already scared. Yeah, I was scared. <laughs> the and kitchen goes room. up in flames. Yeah, and my uncle comes bursting into the room, and he's like, "There's a fire. We gotta go out through the back." I was like, "What is happening?" I was like, "A fact or fiction?" Um, <laughs> he's in fact or fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how old I was. Like nine or something, maybe. That's crazy um but yeah those kinds of like storytelling shows definitely at least opened up uh my mind to what anthologies were going to be by the time i finally saw one um but yeah trick or treat was the first one i could really remember clearly watching and then after that yeah like i never i never sought them out i knew that they existed it just again they just didn't fall on my radar so definitely within the last couple years i mean obviously if anything with the podcast uh and watching more horror anthologies i've come to love them i love them tremendously um i've been able to go back and watch like tales from the hood a few of those um anthologies obviously we've seen a few of the vhs's now um southbound so again like i've been able to open myself up (laughs) my favorite pastime and yeah just really kind of fall in love with them i love them i love shorts in general uh, I've really, of course, grown fond of horror shorts. So I don't know. Anthologies. Go listen to the altar tapes. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> listen to the altar tapes where we dish on, you know, altar shorts. Um, but yeah, I really have come to love and enjoy horror anthologies for sure. So I'm excited about this month. Yeah. I I 
don't love I don't hate them. I don't love them. I'm just chilling. You know what I mean? Like I'll watch them. <laughs> I'm down. I think it's easy for an anthology to kind of to lose your interest, I think. Obviously, because yeah. every story is different. So you could be super into one and then the next one comes on and you're like, I'm bored for 15 yeah. minutes. Well, that and like the order of like the stories has to make sense. Ooh, like, OK, if you put the wrong story in the beginning, I'm not going to sit through it and finish. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing with anthologies is you want to start strong. Like you want to hook the audience in because if they're going to be, you know, being presented for five different stories, like you want them to, you know, hold their attention every single one. So you definitely need to have the first a strong two start. to be strong. Hmm. Okay. I guess we'll have to see what we think about this <laughs> one. Because, um, I mean, uh, the VHS franchise in general, uh, the fact that it's still kicking is crazy. They're uh, fun. They have another one already slated to come out. I think it's, uh, I'm about to just go look it up real fast. They have another one that's already set to come out. Shudder has given new life to this franchise. Um, because 99, again, came out just this year. We'll talk about that one a little bit more here in a few. Uh, 94 came out last year, I think, or earlier this year. I can't remember. I think it was the end of 2021 um, and it was great. So yeah, it just, it's nice to see, I don't know, like a, an anthology franchise like this still be so strong and just be so prevalent still. Um, it's really nice to me. I really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. Um, just because as a typical nineties baby, like I really enjoy nineties aesthetic. I enjoy a lot of what the 90s was and what the 90s brought to horror, what the 90s brought to the world in general. Um, so just to have an entire movie just focus on pure nostalgia is very nice. It is pretty good. You know, they did a pretty good job at keeping uh, the 90s aesthetic um, going. I think they did a good job tying mm -hmm. it all together. Um, I don't know. Should we just jump into talking about the movie? Yeah, I'm down. Okay, everybody. Well, we will be right back, and we'll go ahead and jump into VHS 99. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, welcome back. And this week we are again talking VHS 99. Originally released on October 20th, 2022 to Shutter streaming service. I was not able to find any budget information on this movie, but it does have a runtime of one hour and 49 minutes. And of course, as with many horror anthologies, we have many different directors. So we do have Flying Lotus, director of the Aussie's Dungeon segment. We have Maggie Levin, director of the Shredding segment. Tyler McIntyre is the director for the Gawkers segment. Johannes Roberts is the director of the Suicide Bid segment. And we have, of course, the duo Joseph and Vanessa Winter directing our final segment, To Hell and Back. None of those were in order, by the way. Those were just random. Those weren't That's what I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> um, My tiny brain was struggling to keep we up We ended with the last one, so that kind of just threw everything off. But those weren't <laughs> in order. Uh, and yeah, and we have, of course, an uh, assortment of actors as well. Jesse Latorret is Rachel. Kanush Tefreshi is Anker. Danishil Derrickson is Chris. Jackson Kelly is Caleb. Tybee Diskin is RC. Verona Blue is Deidre. 
Amna Neves is Carissa. Kelly Missal is Jesse. Melissa Macedo is Jesse. Ali Ionides is Lily. Isabel Hahn is Annie. Brianna Raquel is Helen. Caitlin Saros is Imogen. Brittany Gandy is Lucy. Logan Riley is Hannah. Stephen Ogg is the host of Ozzy's Dungeon. Sonia Eddy is Deborah. Jerry Boyd is Marcus. Amelia Ann is Donna. Charles Lott Jr. is Brandon. So many people, obviously, guys. Stephanie Ray is Ozzy. Lauren Powers is the bodybuilder in Ozzy's Dungeon. So on and so forth. Y'all can run to IMDb. But yeah, so VHS 99. So this is a recent release release um so i'm really happy that we have to cover a recent movie on the main feed um because i really enjoyed this movie to be honest i had a lot of fun up until probably the last one not to say that like, it wasn't enjoyable but i don't really remember it very much okay um i do think oh this is gonna be hard i mean obviously we'll probably rank the segments oh, yeah. by the time we get to the end of them um but i guess before we kind of go through each segment kind of give our thoughts um overall yeah, I did enjoy this uh, VHS movie tremendously. Um, obviously, it's coming off of the heels of VHS 94, which, again, just came out not too long before this movie. Um, so it def- it definitely had to follow up with that. I think for sure VHS 94 really brought new life to the franchise. Because um, before that, I think it was VHS Viral that came out before 94, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, quite honestly, I mean... Who was really talking about the VHS franchise besides, you know, the people who really like the VHS franchise? Uh, So I know when 94 came out, it was, you know, it did really, really well on Shudder. Enough to the point where they, you know, greenlit the next one. This one came out. I'm pretty sure VHS 99 is like the most streamed uh, debut of like anything on Shudder ever. Uh, So people were excited about this movie. And I think they delivered. I really do like where they're going with this franchise. I can't wait to see what else they bring to it. Because the last two were just so solid for me. I want you to watch 94. Stormy hasn't had the chance of watching 94 yet. I think I might... Uh, I don't know. It's really hard to kind of pick between the two. Uh, there's a specific segment that really just fucking butters my muffin on 94. <laughs> uh, it's just like such a well... Simple, but like well done horror short. Um I think I like it more than anything I've seen in, than I saw in 99. But 99, I think, overall is my favorite out of the two. Um, yeah, and especially if you go all the way back to the first VHS. Like, when we talked about that movie, you know, we weren't, like, gagging. We weren't living for it. Uh, it was older. It was a different time. Uh, you know, it just, there were some great moments in that original. But I definitely like just seeing where it's come. Because I really do kind of like the spot that they're in right now. Yeah. Like I said, I live for the 90s aesthetic. I'm excited to see if 94 still holds that same thing. But, like, this one has a lot of, like, the main things that I remember, like Jenko jeans. We have, like, the Aussie's Playground is essentially, like, all of the shows on Nickelodeon that we used to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It just feels very 90s, which is obviously what they're going for. But just makes me happy. <laughs> this one definitely nails the 90s vibe and aesthetic way more than 94. For sure. Interesting. 94 definitely sticks to, if uh, at least from what I remember. Again, I have only seen it one time when it first came out. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Just haven't really had the chance of sitting down and watching it again. But I remember them being, they were, they were very focused on each of their individual stories. They didn't really tie in the aspect of it being the 90s too much. Mm. Uh, this one in particular was pretty, uh, they're pretty adamant about connecting everything 
through like the VH. I mean, I mean, it's VHS, and obviously, like the effects are going to be there, you know. Yeah. But every single one, pretty much, it, you know, it had its the grain effect. Like they made sure to use lingo and used, um, you know, clothing, and they did everything they can to really give it the '90s vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of the segments, like you said, Ozzy's Dungeon was very reminiscent of you know a '90s kids show. Uh, the very first segment with Bitch Cat, like where mm-hmm. they had the whole like um documentary kind of thing going on gave you know gave very 90s mtv um so they were very very keen on making sure that we knew it was the 90s whereas i think 94 didn't really do that i think they kind of lost the year but you know again i think they were just focused on giving some good good stories Um, they weren't too focused on the aesthetic so i do like this one because it definitely makes it feel very cohesive yeah agreed i really enjoy it I guess we can go through these segments, girl. So the fir- the very first segment that we have, uh, we all, of course, as always, we'll have it playing in the background, um, so we can give um, give our thoughts and opinions. Now, first off, uh, to kind of break between the segments, what they have, as you know, with horror anthologies, you know, if it's not the crypt keeper bringing you into the next one, it's gonna be, you know, something's gonna tie into the next story. So what they have for us is like a stop motion, uh, little green army men. Uh, it feels like somebody's mm. making a YouTube video before YouTube was a thing. <laughs> I used to grab a camcorder and record myself playing with horses. I love that. All the time. So this is what it's it's giving. You know, it's like a little kid. He's playing with his little green army men. Uh, pretty much just having narratives in between each uh, segment. Um, I don't think it's my favorite transition um, in general. I just don't think it... It doesn't really excite me like I they don't they're not it's not the most exciting way to transition between stories for me personally like I just don't care that much. Um, there's some funny parts in there obviously and I, I mean any type of stop motion and the way it looks and everything like I enjoy that. It's just not my favorite thing to transition between segments with. It gives me robot chicken. Yeah 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 definitely that's probably what they're kind of going. I really for, right? enjoy robot chicken. Um, I haven't watched it as an adult, honestly, so I don't know if I can say that I still enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but back in the day, Robot Chicken was the shit. So yeah, that's that's very the energy they're bringing to the table. Very with Adult this. Swim for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm, you know, again, it wasn't my favorite, but whatever. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get into the very first segment. Um, so our very first segment is called Shredding. So again, Shredding was directed um, female director, obviously. So. Uh, Maggie we need to learn Levin. how to edit sound. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can easily find that. I just am so lazy. I won't oh, do I it. know. <laughs> we literally have a fucking knife in the last episode, and I was like, "Wow, that's so great!" And he's like, "I googled it." <laughs> yeah, it was really easy. He was on one working last episode. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so directed by Maggie Levin, uh, we have Jackson Kelly as Caleb. We have Tybee Diskin as RC. It would be so much more sense just to give these people out every time we talked about a segment. Uh, Verona Blue is Deidre. Uh, Amnia Neves is Carissa. Kelly Missal is Jesse. Melissa Masato is Jesse again. <laughs> Jesse too. Um, yeah, so shredding. Oh, also, of course, again, Kanash uh, Tafreshi is Anchor. Uh, DeShield De- uh, Derrickson as Chris um, and Jesse Latorit as Rachel. So, yes, the first segment is called Shredding. Um, we're focused on like a group of late teens, early, uh, you know, early adulthood. I don't even know how old they would be. Probably like 19, 18-ish. Um, pretty much a, a group of goons. They're running around, you know, they're pretending that they're jackass, doing crazy shit. 
uh, for shits and giggles on their one of their parents' camcorders. And as a unit, they decide to go to an old abandoned bar type of area where years prior, a band known as Bitch Cat unfortunately suffered an, their untimely demise when an electrical fire caused everybody in the entire building to crush them. Uh, they were knocked to the ground. They were stomped on and killed. Very Jennifer's body. <laughs> yeah, it gives very Jennifer's body, right? And I mean, honestly, the whole this whole segment definitely gives me, um, you know, good for her energy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it feels just very... I don't know. I love so many things about this segment. Um, in watching this movie for the first time, uh, I will say it kind of fell to the really? bottom for me. Like, really? yeah, my oh, first okay. watch through because it's it started. You know, it started okay. Like, I was I was I heard a lot of good things about VHS ninety nine. So when I came into it, I was like, oh, cool! I'm so excited for this. Uh, we start with you know the stop motion Green Army Men beginning, which I've already expressed mm-hmm. is not my favorite. Uh, so we had that, and then we headed into this segment. Um, obviously, the characters are not meant to be liked in this at all. So I was kind of rolling my eyes at them the entire time. And like by the end of it, I was just like, okay, well, you know, she was solid. And then, you know, the segments following that just really kind of started to amp up and amp up. So I feel like I kind of forgot about it by the time I got to the end of it. But when I watched it again with you, I realized how yeah. much I like this one. Um I really like, obviously, like the creature designs and just like a lot of the quick cuts and imagery that they use is really great in this segment. Um, so, yeah, I think it's kind of it's kind of hit my radar now for sure. I really like it. After this watching is it a second time. what I thought to being a teenager was going to be like when I was younger. Like, that's what I <laughs> I thought I was going to be running around just like these little goons. Um, this guy, I don't know his name. Uh, he's blonde, but he wears a lot of makeup and skirts and He's everything I wanted in a man when I was younger. <laughs> Does not surprise me that I'm peeing yes. and I'm into babies. <laughs> I knew from a young age yes. what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I, r- I really enjoyed this one. This is probably, I mean, we'll get to final rankings um, just because I have to see them all to really rank them in my brain. But I think this one's near the top for me, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I think it's giving um, zombie Josie and the Pussycat. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Uh, Josie and the Undead Pussycats, for Ooh. sure. Undead Pussycat. I like it. Bitch Cat. I like Bitch Cat better, honestly. Yeah, I love yeah, the name yeah. Bitch Cat. Isn't that a great name? I think it's amazing. I love their entire energy. Their so again, they kind of give us everything. I'm, I still want to dress like this. Yeah, honestly, right? I, I love everything about them. They're so fucking cool. Again, they have like the uh, like the documentary. It, it comes to us as like a demo reel. Um, but it's like the documentary kind of segment that they give us in this segment where we're kind of getting to know about Bitch Cat. They kind of explain who they are, where they come from, you know, what they're aiming to do with their music. And it comes off as, you know, being very uh, endearing. They come off as very charismatic. They come off as very likable. I know that if this was a real I fucking would band to them. in the fucking 90s, yeah, yeah. I would have been smitten. I would still I be been, rocking like, them in my These are my right girls. Now. The female right, Nirvana. Exactly. I'd be fucking. <laughs> yes. We needed this kind of energy. I mean, of course, there was plenty of female musicians back in the 90s killing it. Um, but like a full on rock band like this is pretty badass. It's giving pretty um, reckless. <laughs> oh my god yes yeah i love it i fucking love their vibe um i love everything about them and obviously their untimely 
uh, demise definitely adds to their you know right. history. We love it. We love trauma. I mean, we don't love trauma. We love <laughs> we've experienced trauma. Um, we love a sad storyline. I know I do at least. Yeah, same. I love ghost mm-hmm. stories, you know. So, and these kids even like don't take it serious. So, you know, they're retelling it to like their camcorder as like a it's a joke to them. They're being so disrespectful once they get in there. So, like honestly, like you said, it's a very good for her moment in the very end. Yeah, which I really love that energy that they bring here because again, we when we learn about Bitch Cat like and who they were and like what their message was and what they were aiming to do, like they, again, they come off as likable. So to see you know a group of assholes come in. And and, you know, be completely rude and disrespectful to their final resting place, if anything, um, or at least the area where they were killed, unfortunately. I mean, obviously, you know, they're going to come off like major dicks. Uh, we have one of them, uh, Encore, who takes it very seriously. He is trying to warn them, obviously, that you can't be disrespectful in these in these areas. And they don't take it seriously. They pull pranks on him left and right. Um, they use the term spice boy, which I really don't like. It comes off as, you know, very offensive to me. Um, but again, it's the 90s. Obviously, they're probably trying to stick to that whole vibe. But just the way they're treating him again, they seem like assholes. So the entire time you're like waiting for them to die. I need um, you to educate me on that one. Is that one supposed to be like a cultural slur? Uh, or, is it anything, so, or do you think it's supposed to be like spice girls and you're trying to insinuate that you're feminine well no 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 not at all to okay. me it's just he's not a white person so like that's, calling that's him what spice I was boy yeah. just seems like yeah like okay know. just making sure it was a cultural thing i mean i i mean i couldn't i mean again I, i've never heard that term yeah. uh just this is the first time i've ever heard it come across in a movie and it just comes off as very i just want to make sure we're on the same page yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that just the vibe it's given me again i don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. the uh the thought behind writing that line was i again it was probably the to be they say fruit in this also like there's, yeah there's terms in here obviously that are supposed to take us back to a different time uh so again these people are just assholes you know these friends aren't really friends <laughs> and they're so they're mean to him s- yeah so mean like i mean adrian and i are mean to each other but like never like this like they're a teenager being fucking stupid mean. yeah it's like it's the person uh i, I wish i was a, a uh well-versed in simpsons knowledge but that one guy who's always just like laughing uh, Bart. Oh, yeah. That's what they are like the entire time. Like they're finding reasons. Yeah. <laughs> they're finding reasons to laugh at this kid, and I'm like, right. there's no like laughing with each other and like reading each other and being funny is great. But oh, he's Hindu. I didn't know his exact. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. So again, so that's why the term spice boy comes off as awful to me. Um. But I mean, I, I, you know, again, these are asshole people. So like, you know, they're the very like the epitome of like. And you don't realize it while you're in high school. But a lot of people that you're friends with in high school, you're only friends with because you see them five days a week. Yeah, exactly. Like, no choice. Uh, looking back, 98% of the people that I was friends with in high school, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Especially as, like, I see on Facebook and I'm like, you were hiding this the whole time? Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, you know, I went to high school, again, in a small town, uh, Bible Belt, uh, ding, 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 lots of cowboys. Ding, ding, ding. So, obviously, you know, I was going to high school with Boomer Lights. So, it was just, you know, I had to just Boomer sit. Light. <laughs> I, I had to just sit there. Boomer Light drinking some Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there, smiled, minded my own business. I didn't want to get into any type of trouble and start fighting with people. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, they again they're getting very much the type of people you have to deal with in high school. I feel like guilty by association doesn't shouldn't kick in until you're older than a high schooler because 
I, by association, would be an awful person if I was based off of people in high school. Yeah, exactly. Even the people who are associated with back in high school, um, you know me. I'm There's never like been a few <laughs> that are okay. <laughs> Love you if you're listening, but. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've always been the same type of bitch. Yeah. I've always been the bitch that everybody said. Ugh. I'm the person, like, if something was said in the room, they'd be like, be careful because Adrian's in here. So I've always been that person. Um, of course, the you know, all those people, it was always hee-hee-ha-ha. Uh, you know, Adrian's just trying to be smarter than everybody. But I was always that bitch where I was like, that's problematic. Don't say that. Like, yeah. you're saying something you shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been me. So even when I was dealing with these people and they would act stupid or, like, come off as, like, bullying other people, I was always the type of person to, like, say something or step in. I think for me it would be more of I was definitely guilty of staying quiet when I shouldn't have. Like I should have stood up a lot more than I did. For me specifically, obviously that was me with anything gay. So if anything, Mm -hmm. you know, involving some type of talk about gayness or being gay or Mm -hmm. being in the closet or, you know, any talk around being queer in general, I was like, I didn't say anything because obviously that would just open the door for me to be outed. Yeah. Well, and (laughs) everything else I would make sure to be like, you know, step Mm -hmm. up for. But that the one thing that I felt directly uh, related to, of course. um, Yeah, I was very quiet about. But anything with race, um, uh, sex, all of that, I was. I made sure to always say something. Good on you. I never in high school. I didn't have a voice in high school at all. As far as socially, no way. Um, the only place that I felt comfortable like talking at all was like in like theater. That makes sense. Other than that, other than that, girl, I I mean, I talked to like my friends, but yeah. like I didn't. I tried to keep my head down and not draw any attention. Unfortunately, definitely the safe spaces for sure. You know. Yeah, but here I am yelling <laughs> onto a microphone my on privilege. the internet. <laughs> um, again, I, uh, super small school. Again, you know, high school, seventh grade to twelfth grade in one hallway, library in the middle. The other hallway was like kindergarten to fucking sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, principal and the superintendent were all in one building. So with my my privilege, I, again, I could you know I would be kind of sassy and kind of say what I wanted to because. Uh, my cousin was the superintendent. So like if anybody, oh, nice. yeah, nobody tried anything, you know, mm-hmm. um, on top of me, just never giving a fuck. Even if people would come up to me and be like, are you a, and I'd be like, I would just stare at people and be like, what, what? And like, are you gay? And I'd be like, why? And they'd be like, oh, we're just wanting to know. And I would just be like, no. And then they would just leave me alone after that. Like they never tried to do anything beyond that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, I just mm. never, my energy was shut off. I was like, I'm not giving any, I'm not going to let them know I'm scared. I'm not going to let them know I'm concerned. I'm just going to look at them like they're stupid. Unfortunately, that's followed me the rest of my existence. Cause now I just have resting bitch face. Um, oh, I have resting bitch face, but I could never speak up the way that I do now. Mm-hmm. I could have never. I spoke up once in high school, once the entire time. Uh-huh. And it's because this awful yeah, what boy, his name is Connor Doolittle. <laughs> Connor? <laughs> with, with the name Doolittle. You should have. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but so he had a lisp and he was one of the popular kids. But he was making Breaking fun boundaries of. already. Yeah. He was making fun, <laughs> making fun of a a girl in our class that had a speech impediment uh, that was like a pretty severe. Okay. And, um, he was just being a fucking douche. <laughs> and I was just like, it's really funny that you're making fun of her for having a speech impediment when you have a lisp and everybody's like, Ooh, 
like, you know, those stupid uh, moments. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest part, though, he goes, shut up, Stormy. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up, Stormy. Which only, like, made everybody laugh even harder. And I felt like I was on top of the motherfucking world. Oh, yeah. You felt like Sharpay Evans. Yeah, I felt like a bad... <laughs> bad bitch girl get weathers who you're living your best life <laughs> but that was the one and only time that i ever really talked up in high school like i didn't get like i didn't get called to the principal's office until my senior year wow <laughs> yeah and it's because me and duffy got um i'm surprised you were called to the principal's office at all right actually well, yeah tell me why what happened what did you duffy, and duffy and do? i would skip we had math right after um we had math right after lunch. Okay. <laughs> and so we would like leave for lunch and then just not come back for, <laughs> for math class. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then we would show up for theater. <laughs> um, but like we got caught by the librarian when we were leaving. She's like, you can't leave. And we just kept going. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and so she went and told the principal. And but they didn't know who I was with. And so coach, the superintendent pulls me in and he was just like, um, I know that you're skipping. And I was like, yeah. So right. The fuck? Do something about it. Right. I was like, mm hmm. <laughs> and he me. was just like, who was with you? And I was like, nobody. And he's like, well, the librarian says that you were with somebody. And I was like, oh, well I wasn't. So <laughs> and because I knew Duffy's parents were going to like ream her ass if yeah. she got in trouble. And yeah. I'm like, my parents don't give a shit. The fuck? And, um, I was like, nobody. He was like, you're going to get a SWAT. And I was like, okay. Swatting. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And this is SWAT like senior then. year? Yeah, my senior year. I would never let a man like let go near my children. Girl. No, SWAT them. <laughs> he goes over to the desk, puts his hands on the desk, and bends over. And he's like, this is how you need to stand. And like, you have to put your legs apart or whatever. So I don't like hit your tailbone or like just oh, for safety mm-hmm. and so he's bent over the he's bent over the desk and i was like i want a female in here <laughs> and so he was like don't be dramatic and i was like i want a female in here yeah or i'm fucking leaving as it should be yeah and he's like you can't leave and i was like then i'll call the fucking cops period and he's like miss mayfield can you come in here and then miss mayfield's like what and she's like you have to watch me swat her miss mayfield's like what the fuck and he did. He smacked it. He hits like a bitch. Uh, you know what? I'm into BDS. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was. The Stormy has we- kings. <laughs> That's the weakest hit I've ever taken. Oh, ever. Okay, word. Fuck him. Fuck him, anyways. And he thought he really did something. He drew back and he thought he was really. He's like, I'm really sorry I have to do this. The typical line, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Bitch. And I was like, girl, just hit me. <laughs> and then around. he hits me and then he's like, sorry, go back to class. And I left. I left school. <laughs> I skipped again. I don't blame you. How was how close was this to you like being done anyways? Um like how many more months did you have in the year? I don't remember. Because I really wouldn't give a fuck either. I really think it was like the second semester of my senior year. Oh, okay. Yeah, fuck people. That's crazy still to me that we used to like just bang. get sp- uh what's the proper corporal punishment? Spunk, spunk, spunk. <laughs> spanked, 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 yeah, spanked, spunk. spunk me, daddy. <laughs> I definitely know it wasn't spunk. I just wanted to say it. Um, <laughs> but it's crazy, right, to think about um, how far we've come. Yeah, just the fact that we would let a random fucking principal oh. smack a kid. You know what? Signing up Alita here is the first time that I haven't had to sign a corporal punishment 
um, wild. like paperwork. Yeah, because like back in te- whenever she was going to school in Texas, I had to sign like either you allow us to spank them or you come pick up your kid. And I was like, I'll deal with it myself. Yeah, like, I will never let anybody else touch my kid, please. You're crazy. Yeah. Um, I only ever went to the principal's office one time. Um, it was a bunch of drama with some like random girl mm-hmm. who uh, I don't even know. She was like so rude to everybody. Um, and you know me, Adrian, mm-hmm. uh, the one bitch to say something that makes her cry. So then she goes and like calls, tells her grandma and her grandparents like call the police. The police? The police girl. They came to the school and we're talking about her being her and all this nonsense. So remember I got called to the principal's office. Fuck. Literally. I mean, I surely didn't care. I went in there, sat down. He's like, um. Did you say this? And you said, sure. Fuck I sure. Exactly. That was verbatim what happened. <laughs> Um, and then he pulled up like Facebook and he's like, you, s- the bullying that's happening to her on Facebook. I was like, that's not me, girl. And I'm like, I said those things to her, but like anything else that's happening, I don't know why all of a sudden I'm being wrapped into her arguments on Facebook just because I said something in person. I was like, bitch, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not fighting with the bitch on Facebook. I'm fighting with the bitch in person. <laughs> so you said, I don't type these things. I say it with my fucking mouth like a man. Yeah. Like she came <laughs> and she was crying about everything. And I was just like, I, like I, I, the only part I have in any of this is like, whatever I said to her in person. I was like, beyond that, I I don't. I'm not cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not fucking like. Cause she was fighting with everybody. It was a whole bunch of things. She was fighting with a whole bunch of people. Everybody was. So she's fighting. a bitch. Yeah. Is this Voldemort? No. Oh. Somebody else. Uh, I don't even remember her name to be honest. Mm, um, work. But yeah, so that was a conversation. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did that, and stared at him right in the face, the skinny little blink, white blink, twink blink. principal that we had, <laughs> and he was like, okay, well you can leave. I was like, okay, thank you, and I never heard anything again. Mm. Yeah, and the bitch just looked the other way for the rest of the year, so you know. But that was the only time I ever went to the principal's office. So here we are. But anyways, coming back to VHS. Oh uh, but yeah, so I definitely understand Anker's like struggle with having to just kind of sit here and deal with these people and have to be friends with them. Because maybe he feels like that's all he really has. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they're the only people who have even befriended him. So it's really tough. But the fact that he's warning them and they're just it's falling on deaf ears is just very annoying to me. I hate when people are like that. Um, I hate that they're treating them like this. Uh, they start to play, you know, their ideas to you know play a set um, down in this evil in this uh, building. And while they're doing it, you know, they start to act like they're being possessed. He freaks out. They laugh at him. That's the final shot for him. He's out of there. He leaves them alone. And then the other three, uh, they decide to go ahead and get like big. I mean, there's like blow They're dolls, blow-up dolls yeah. filled with jello. Dolls? I don't know. Where did they get these? Yeah, where how did old they, are they? Also, imagine how much jello they had to make to put them in each into four different individual blow up dolls enough for also, them to how splatter. Did you, how did you do that? So, like, Do whenever you make Jello, you like pull it in there. Yeah, but you have four sex dolls in your fridge, getting them set up. I'm sure they just had the just the dolls. I'm pretty sure weren't in the fridge. But that's it's how like Jello, Jello sets up, though, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so where do they put all the Jello? Right. Where was it? Who waiting? has a fridge big enough for four bodies? And where do I buy it? Right. Unless they only put like one. One at a time. <laughs> one, yeah, like one serving, and I don't. It makes no sense how they set it up. Right. I mean, obviously, for the movie purposes, we know it's probably <laughs> done very efficiently. Uh, but for these kids to set up four different sex dolls filled with Jello is wild. But they did it, um, you know, for the sake of clout in the nineties. <laughs> the equivalent of clout in the nineties. So they go down there. Uh, they start stomping on these sex dolls, uh, mock fucking them. Uh, the red jello splurting everywhere like it's. Uh, they're supposed to be like, they're reenacting them getting the bitch cat getting um, trampled, which is 
Yeah. Disrespectful to begin with, but These super disrespectful to do it where it happened. Yeah, exactly. And they're trying to like test out and see like how much force or can they really be squished? I mean, again, they're just being assholes. But while they're doing this, um, you know, bitch cat comes back to life. <laughs> they say, get off my fucking stage, <laughs> which um, is part of their song. <laughs> it's iconic. Uh, then immediately they yank one of the kids up into the air. His blood just fucking rains <laughs> yeah, down from the ceiling. Yeah, we don't know what ceiling. happens to him. Sorry. I wish he was probably the biggest asshole. So I wish we would have had more of a, an extreme death for yeah, him. Yeah, I wanted cathar- was it catharsism. How do you say that word? A catharsis. <laughs> Maybe. I don't Cathartic know. kill. Yeah, for sure. I wanted him to be ripped apart. That happened to um, our more gender fluid friend. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we had to see them get torn apart like that. But, I mean, it was still a great way to kind of tie in to Bitch Cat being present in the room. Because uh, blood raining down from the fucking rafters is a great touch. Um, so, at that point, obviously, they freak out. Uh, the camcorder gets picked up. Um, it zooms over to an open doorway where we see the silhouettes of three of the bitch cat members. One of them obviously holding the camcorder. Uh, they get closer. That's when we get a good visual of everybody's faces. They're decaying bodies. Um, they do the live or die chant that we had seen originally <laughs> in, the <laughs> in the demo room earlier. That's what um, it's great. You know, they're cutting between them being alive and them being dead and doing yeah, this chant. So uh, good. Super good. Yeah, it's really, 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 really fun. Um, and then they run. They run through this building and they kill the other two again we see one of them get torn out from the stomach uh when they get to the only female in the group she let me try to find i don't even know what happened to her i'm pretty sure that oh she runs down a hallway and then they just start throwing her body parts yeah <laughs> they throw her legs her torso um her arms they're all just getting thrown against the wall we see them all come together and start putting her back together and the they segment- make a very like fucking if y'all have ever seen um like freddie um was it Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, yeah, like animatronic. That's what it like. feels like. An animatronic band made out of parts playing their songs. Yeah, they <laughs> ripped them all to shreds, <laughs> including Ankur, because he had gotten to a spot where he was hiding. Yeah. But when they approached him, he's like, you know, go in, go in peace and threw salt at them, I think is what it was. And like they, one of them starts to burn, and that just leads the other ones to killing him. <laughs> um, but yeah, they tear them all apart. They put them back together, and the segment ends with the dead bodies rocking out on stage. Um, I love it. Yeah, super cool, right? Yeah. Uh, it's punk rock. It's hardcore. Um, it's fast paced. It's really fun. It's very 90s. Um, it's a fun segment. And I think it's a very solid way to start the movie for sure. Because, um, again, like the demo reel, you know, the very um, uh, it just it just feels very 90s. So I think it's a great way to start. I think it's a really fun segment. Um, and, yeah, we can start to see, you know, some of the great makeup and gore that we'll see throughout the rest of the movie here. I am uh, rewatching it. I really do feel like this is one of my favorites. Like it will be near my top. Maybe scared the fuck out of me, dude. <laughs> my butthole clenched. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what a great segment. Um, I think it's amazing. I think um, the acting is okay. Um, obviously with VHS, a lot of it's like found footage. So we don't get a lot of, you know, we don't see Florence Pugh or Tony Collette or Lupita Nyong'o, you know, acting the house down in found footage <laughs> films. Um, typically, not to take away from anybody's performance in any of these types of movies. Um, but, you know, the acting here, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but the story is 
definitely something you would read like on No Sleep or something for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Speaking of, the next segment definitely gives me more no sleep, uh, late night forum searches on the internet, um, because we move on to our next one, which is called Suicide Bid. This one was directed by Johannes Roberts, um, and I really like this segment. Um, I think this one feels... I mean, it feels the most... I mean, I guess, like I said, it feels like the most, uh, like, internet maybe, like the most no sleep, like the most... Um, I don't know. It's really, really fun. It's the one I would would probably see as like an urban legend pop up online. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the suicide big uh, segment with this one. Okay. So I like this one. And so this one, uh, you know, this one focuses more on sororities. Obviously, we're following um, our main girl, Lily. She's looking to suicide bid to a a sorority house on campus. Beta Sigma Ada. Yeah. And I mean, again, I'm not like a, uh, I'm not about that Greek life. So, did we like, talk about that? Wow. Did we talk about Greek life? I feel like we have at some point, right? I'm sure in the last 100 episodes, we've talked about it at some point. I'm um, sure. But for me, again, that's not my vibe. That's not something I'm living for or gagging for. Uh, so, when she's like talking about a suicide bid to this sorority, and I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, we have her friend come only in. Only bid to one. Um, to one sorority. Yeah, which I guess if they don't choose you, then you don't get to be in Greek. Yeah, which is like you're pledging full full loyalty to this uh sorority to in hopes that they'll accept you, which it's giving me performative. Um, I don't know. I don't like that. I think it's silly. I mean, all of Greek life is very silly. Yeah, not I to mean, take not away to, from anybody who enjoys it. <laughs> not to disrespect anybody. It's just not my tea. Not to come I for you and your sisters. I think it's because a lot of people that I know that believe me in high school ended up being in the Greek life. Maybe if I was a part of it, I would understand, but I don't. Um, What's funny to me about Greek life, not again, not to like put everybody who's in a fraternity or a sorority into like one box, but also with what we see in media, like with this segment in particular, like we see sororities being sorority row and fraternities uh, being problematic, being you know full of chaotic people, um, really unfortunate things happening. That's like what they're mean advertised girls, yeah. as mean girls, mean. big dicks. Uh, well, not like that, but like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like you have to have a large <laughs> cock to be uh, in our fraternity, like <laughs> assholes, I mean, like, like chads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, like chads, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big girls and chads. Um, I would hope a lot of them got some big dicks, but um, mm. but that's what we see a lot, you know, in media, just in storytelling. But I do think that there's a lot of truth in what we see uh, with these fraternities and sororities, at least from even my personal experience of meeting these people, um, talking to people, going to like fraternity and sorority parties. The energy feels very uh, on the nose with what we see. So, did you ever go to Kappa Sig? Um, I don't remember. E. No. Spooky. Yeah, they were awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so yes, the suicide big segment. So, anyways, Lily, she is again uh, bidding to the sorority. Um, she submits her video as far as we know because the next thing that we see after she's kind of rude and nasty to her roommate is talking about how she's not going to get in, but maybe she can. Lily herself can get in. We cut to a cemetery. Um, So Lily's with the group of girls from the sorority. They have gotten her completely intoxicated. She's drunk. They're hazing her. They're hazing her. Yeah. Again, you know something that's crazy. Um, 
but their plan is to haze her by telling her the story of Guillotine. So Guillotine was a person who many years ago, they really don't specify too much, uh, but many years ago had pledged to the same sorority. And what they did was they put her, buried her life in a coffin. Um, the sisters at the time eventually or um, had left her in the coffin for a week. And when they went to go dig her out, her body was missing. They never know or nobody knows what happened to her. Um, so they say that the only way that she can join the sorority is by staying in this coffin overnight. So, again, this poor girl Claustrophobia been, could never. Yeah. Would you ever do this at mm. all? No. For well, nothing. For a million dollars, would you do it? Maybe. <laughs> but I would have to be on some type of drug. I would have to be trazodoned out. Like, I would need to be asleep. I would need to be on the edge of going directly to fucking sleep the instant I close my eyes (laughs) or else I no, because I have anxiety and also like exactly what happens here in this movie. Like the fucking it cracks. Nobody comes to get her like it would have to be like. I'm guaranteed that you're going to you yourself are going to come get me. Okay, And like soon you know what i mean like i I don't i would have like very specific shit but you would have like a whole list of things that have to be done while you're inside the coffin exactly Um, yeah we gotta have fans ready for when you get out uh (laughs) misters you know yeah i would also probably go into it uh very it it would not be these people burying me oh yeah if it was something like for me to try to impress somebody or try to you know get into some type of club or something it would have to be for cold hard cash Period. The only reason I'm ever going to get in a coffin or be buried or you're going to like murder, murder somebody I love. <laughs> you know what okay. I mean? But like, <laughs> either it's money or like the chance to like sleep with Chris Evans or something. Like it has oh to be something God. very specific. You, money or some type of sex with somebody I find really hot. So, so what are those <laughs> yeah. two things? The Adrian's only time very I would... sex motivated. I am money motivated. <laughs> I'm both. Mm. Um, so those would be the scenarios I'd be willing to you know sacrifice my oxygen for pretty much. Um, but she does. It doesn't take much, you know, a little persuading, a little sweet talk. The girls get her mm. down into the coffin. They lock her in. They have provided her a little box that they say to only open when she's her most scared. Um, they also, you know, very um, old timey. They have a little string attached. So because obviously back when they would bury people, uh, I don't even know when. I don't even know what uh, the proper like time frame is. But I remember when they used to have those bells in the coffins because they would bury people alive often. Um, Why? I don't remember this in history. You don't? Okay. No. I don't even I couldn't even tell you where I read this. But I guess it just was a common thing like back in the day, I guess, when, you know, maybe technology wasn't as advanced for people to be able to be ruled as being dead without actually being so dead. So they give them a bell just in case? Just in case. Mm-hmm. My God. Yep. That would, I mean, yeah, that just would in case suck. Got what if alive? you were like... I don't know. And it would Hibernating. Happen. It would happen, you know? And that's why even, like, old stories... Honestly, it's probably, like, No Sleep or something where I was reading something. It's probably a story that presented me that knowledge. I don't even know if it's real then. But they would, like, just talk about how, <laughs> like, you know, in these old cemeteries, like, people still hear bells being rung and all kinds of stuff like that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So I like that in this little segment that they kind of throw that in there. Um, they give her a bell to ring when she wants to leave. Imagine being in that, like, because I've heard where, like... They're under anesthesia, like where they they don't wake up like, um, like mental, like they're awake mentally, but like they can't, they don't have motor function, so mm. they can't speak, they can't talk, yeah, they yeah. can't tell anybody that they're awake. Um, imagine like being like that, and they're like, oh, they're dead, 
<laughs> and you're like, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm but here. that's crazy, right? That they used to do that just in case, just in case you weren't actually dead. Yeah. Um. So I like that they again throw that little thing into here, that little tidbit. Interesting. Um, they do provide Lily a camera, obviously, so we can see inside the coffin. But they use it. Uh, their excuse for the camera to get into the coffin is that way, so she can see when it's dark. Um, but while she's in there, obviously, again, I love this segment. I love. Not that I enjoy it, but like I love when a horror movie, again, for the catharsis probably, like does anything uh, that involves like claustrophobia, tight spaces. It makes me feel like I can't breathe, like in real life. Yeah, so. it does. It I freaks me like out. It. But it's probably the closest I will ever be to being this, like that sealed off. Or I like hope that so. Uh, yeah, in my, uh, I hope. <laughs> um, so I take it as a way to kind of help face my fears. Um, okay. So I like this segment because of that. I like her obviously showing the coffin, how small it is, how tight it is, how constricting it is. Um, I think it's great. While the girls, of course, are outside laughing at her and mocking her, um, she starts to get really scared. Uh, she starts to doubt herself at one point, and then she's like, "No, I'm the baddest bitch." But then when she gets scared and opens up that box, unfortunately, they have tricked her and they have put spiders in there. There's some hoes for that. They are some hoes for that. The one in particular who gave it to her was like trying to be nice and like sweet, and I was like, right. "Don't worry, we've all done this. It's no big deal." Mm-hmm. And for that to happen. Exactly. I'm going to be the predator when I get out of this fucking coffin. Oh I'm hunting you. That's why. I mean, we get to it, but she becomes. She's like, hey, guillotine says I don't have to go to hell if I fucking turn you in. So <laughs> how, many, how many girls is there? Four, four lives for the fucking for mine to continue forward. So I don't blame her at all. Um, but when she does that, you know, she freaks out with the spider. She starts to ring the bell. The girls laugh at her. But while that's happening, it starts to rain outside. The girls are freaking out. They're like, oh, my God, yes, it's raining. And then at the exact moment that that happens, the police show up. So they leave Lily in the coffin. They flee from the scene. Uh, the police come by. They don't look inside the hole at all. They just decide to keep looking around because it's raining and they don't want to be out in the rain, which leaves Lily completely by herself in this coffin in an open hole while rain is pouring down. Um, so this is happening. Obviously, the water is leaking into the coffin. She's freaking out. She's panicking. And this is when we get to see Guillotine. Um, it's giving very Universal Studios. Um, it's very much a puppet. Um, it has one face the entire time. But if I, I would be lying to say that the jump scare didn't get me when it pans up and we see Guillotine for the first time. It's very effective. Oh, yeah. I'm, she's terrifying. Uh, like, watching it at home she's not as terrifying but like in this moment girl oh my worst i'd be shitting all over the place yeah same (laughs) the fucking the coffin would fill up with shit before water oh my god i don't know about that let it be known let it be known i would be pissing and shitting and vomiting (laughs) that would all fill up all of the feces and vomit and bile would fill up this fucking coffin before the water if guillotine came and tried to get my ass um, so yeah, anyways, guillotine literally breaks into the coffin, which is so fucking scary. I think it's probably my favorite part of the segment for sure. Uh, where guillotine's crawling into the coffin, crawling on top of her body. Uh, the little peppa head goes all the way up to her face and is like screaming in her face. Yeah. And then it cuts. Um, it's great. It's my favorite part of the segment for sure. And yeah, it, it adds to the claustrophobia, um, tenfold. It's really, really, uh, scary. It is also very scary that um, Guillotine like breaks in through a hole that's shaped like the cross. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it not? Yeah. And I then, mean, like her breaking in lets even more water in. Yeah. Thing. I, yeah. I mean, you know, any. Be shitting everywhere, like I said. Anybody who's ever had to, like, you know, um, be taught any type of religion, you know, seeing a cross be, you know, 
smashed and broken through and treated like it's nothing um, is very alarming for sure. You know, right. we have it built in our bones to be like, that's supposed to protect us from these types of things. Uh, so seeing this fucking creepy ass fucking wide eyed puppet bitch like crawl into this coffin, not have any issue with the cross <laughs> and just screaming up in Lily's face. It's great. Like, again, I love it so much. Um, it just it gets me it gets my goosies flowing um but it cuts from there to the girls coming back um the next morning obviously just like the story of guillotine lily's body is no longer in the coffin they don't have any idea what happened to her and in the tradition of you know i know what you did last summer they very, to take it to the grave. we never tell anybody and i was like girl this never works <laughs> <laughs> you have to have seen this is 99 so fucking i know what you did last summer already came out Right. Y'all know what's up. You have no excuse. We know you've seen it. I know you fucking watched it. So, yeah, come on. But they quite literally take it to the grave because it cuts from them making this pact to them all being stuck inside coffins um, and them all being sacrificed together. They don't really explain, like, how should they get in the coffins, really. But, yeah. She's just, like I said, she rolls up on them and she's like, hey, like I said guillotine said i don't have to go to hell as long as i bring you to play with her because she wants her own sorority (laughs) and so they make an undead sorority apparently yeah yeah it's so good guillotine comes to take them all um to kind of touch base on the 90s aesthetic in this one um obviously the girls uh, entire like their fits uh what they're wearing the makeup Mm -hmm. their uh, hair the little clippies the clip-ins and the hair the jeep the yellow jeep uh Mm -hmm. very clueless um oh that one got me that's which kind of jump scare lily popping up on screen (laughs) with her dead face yeah so lily uh, obviously shows up to the main like sorority bitch and she in the coffin tells her that she sacrificed them um yeah, creepy as fuck. I love this segment. I do. Guillotine looks a little cheesy in that shot. Guillotine, again, is um, <laughs> very cheesy silly. in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. giving, again, Universal Studios, uh, but in the best way possible, you know? With all the VHS graininess going on, um, it works for me. I think it's really fun. Um, one of my favorite segments, for sure. Yeah. And it gives us a static transition back into our stop motion. Yeah, we get a little bit more stop motion action. You know, big monsters fighting the little army men. Um, getting brutal. They're getting torn in half. Yeah. And then from here, we move on to probably, I would say probably a lot of people's fave in yeah. this. Yeah, in this movie for sure. Um, I think probably the most 90s segment Very that we have. 90s. I can't even, I don't remember. If it was actually called Temple Run, but there was a there was a TV show exactly like this, and I, th- I think it was Temple Run. Yeah, I think you're right. Or not Temple Run. Temple Run's the um the app. Oh, is there a game called Temple Run? <laughs> yeah, it's oh. an application. I um, bet there. I there's a show. Like I know there's. what you're talking about. Yeah. I just can't remember what it's called. <laughs> While you're looking that up, though, um, yeah, we move on to Ozzy's Dungeon, which was directed by Flying Lotus. Um, we have a great cast in this segment. I think this cast. Um, oh, think Hidden Temple. Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yes. On Nickelodeon. That's exactly this. This is pretty yeah. much what this is. Um, I'm trying to run through all the segments really fast in my brain. I think this segment probably has the best acting, hands down. Um, but yeah, so let me go ahead and shout out some of these actors because again, I think they fucking kill it in this segment. Uh, with special shout, uh, with a special shout out to Sonia Eddy who plays Deborah, who's the mom in this segment. She is giving 
everything in this segment. Um, we also have uh, Stephen Ogg, of course, who again is the host. Jerry Boyd, who is Marcus. Amelia Ann, who is Donna. Charles Lott Jr. is Brandon. Stephanie Ray as Ozzy. Lauren Powers as the bodybuilder. Lucas Gilbert as Timmy. Shay Rodriguez as a stretcher kid, it has her listed as. Um, everybody else is extras, but go pay them your respects. Um, yeah, I really enjoy this segment. Same. I feel so bad for this TV host. Um, <laughs> Which is crazy because like it sets, I mean, with the beginning of the segment, like we're thrown into the show. So we're watching the show Ozzy's Dungeon. Right. Uh, these kids are competing and going through obstacles and playing games in order to enter Ozzy's Dungeon, meet Ozzy, and have their wish granted. Any wish that they want. Um, apparently nobody's ever won. <laughs> no kid has ever made it into the dungeon. Um and so, you know, these kids that come on to the show and they're hungry for a win. Our little kid that we're following is Donna. She's here with her family. She's fighting her heart out. She makes it to the very last leg of the game in which she's supposed to, within 60, uh, 60 seconds, run an obstacle course and make it through. Nobody's been able to do this. Um, she believes that she's going to do it for herself. We do see throughout the segment that um, the host of Ozzy's Dungeon, he's kind of... He kind of awful. He's kind of rude. <laughs> um, like there's a point where he's giving a kid a high five and completely ignores her high five. Uh, you know, it cuts to the mom <laughs> uh, who's watching everything very intently. Um, so they're doing a really good job of building up these characters a little bit here. Uh, but during the entire run through um, in this final obstacle, Donna unfortunately gets her leg ankle caught in you know, like at the end of a tunnel and the other kid's coming out at the exact same time that she is, and it, in turn, rips her leg off, pretty much. It is very gnarly. Um, and they replay it, like, six times. Constantly. Like yeah, it's, they make you watch. They make you watch it. You can't avoid that. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Um, it's probably the gnarliest point of gore in this movie, for sure. And obviously, the repeat viewings and the rewinding doesn't help at all. Yeah. Uh, but it's fucking gross, and I really love it. Oh my god, side note, they also have like these little segments um during Ozzy's dungeon where like there's like kids fucking beatboxing Dancing? and yeah. yeah, it is crazy. Uh, very so funny. 90s, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it is This host is awful. He's awful. He's has this two He literally on. he told Donna you have to, one of the challenges is like you have to catch meat in your mouth. And <gasps> Bitch, who who Right. Who's throwing Fridge. big, huge turkey legs at people's faces? First off, they're kids. Okay, like, first, why are we throwing it's meat at them? probably the same guy from Nickelodeon that has like sexually assaulted half of the fucking nineties oh, cast. Schneider? Yeah, right. So, I mean, yeah, I wasn't gonna name drop, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, it's probably like that where he's just like, "Yeah, let's watch kids catch meat." Nah. Yeah, that was my um, first thing. I was like, "This is awkward." Well, and like Donna does, she catches the turkey leg, and then the host grabs it. And he's like, drop it drop it like she's a fucking dog yanking on it yeah and then they talk about like travel how they traveled there or whatever and she's like and we drove over i can't remember the exact line he's like what couldn't afford to fly and so like you end up like feeling bad for him but we really should because he's obviously an awful person i surely did it <laughs> i did last night but now that i'm rewatching, i'm like mm, okay <laughs> makes my crazy ass i was like i surely did not um, I don't think I caught all the little stuff till now. Uh, I, probably because it's, um, you know, I enjoy when we, I uh, for, uh, first off, I enjoy a good horror villain, you know? So if you are over the top enough to where I think you're just killing it, 
Um, no matter what's going on, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy what's happening. I don't care who the victim is. You know, it's giving very Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers. Like sometimes you don't care about the victims because you're really into who the killer is. Um, so that is definitely something that I get um, with Sonia Eddy's character again. Um, she's Deborah. giving very mama energy. Yeah, she's like obviously, um, you know, a mom you don't want to fuck with. Uh, she's, you know, here to protect her kids. Because, again, she is watching this happen. We're watching the leg be torn apart. We see her in the audience freak out, scream for her daughter Donna. You know, her family's having to hold her back. Um, nobody on the set seems to really care what's happening. Fucking the host even says, Keep going. Keep going, Donna. Get up and, you know, just put some dirt on it pretty much and keep going. Um, it's disgusting and it's gnarly. So, after they give us like a million different versions of seeing it. Uh, Let me know when it's done so I can look at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> we see it a million times. And once we finally get the last run through of it, we get probably one of my favorite transitions. Um, we see that the tape is being played on a very, very small TV in a very dark basement. We see the host is locked up in a cage. Uh, we see that there's like a whole a dog cage, a dog cage. And there's a whole redesign of, um, the set down in this basement and there's a sign in the corner it's called deborah's dungeon um it's it's very unsettling for sure coming to this realization that this family after the trauma that happened on this show um cracked pretty much they've orchestrated this big plan to kidnap this man and torture him for what happened to little donna it doesn't seem like it's that far ahead into the future um probably like what probably the same year probably uh, i feel like probably a couple years because she now she's turned she, she's donna emo. has had an entire <laughs> character arc where she's an emo and she's evil that we come to find out but and they also yeah. show her leg why does it look like that do we not like i have no idea it's i don't infected. know if they didn't take care of it and I, I don't know why it looks like that she said mommy take me to the hospital and she said no we have to plan the murder of this <laughs> We're man. We're busy building Don or uh, <laughs> yeah. Deborah's dungeon. She said, take yourself. I'm too busy down in the basement, in the dungeon. But yeah, so again, they have this host down here in the basement. They pretty much express, again, what happened to Donna, how it's affected them. Um, it's crazy. Again, I love uh, Deborah in this. She takes her shirt off. <laughs> She's really hot. She's really heated, you know. Um, she means business down in this little basement. So it's crazy. They, again, put this host through a whole bunch of shit. She has a bottle of, like, really, really dangerous acid that can burn through anything, it seems like. So she's threatening him by holding this bottle the entire time and, you know, waving it in his face. Um, they tie him up to a pole. The son, Deborah's son, Donna's brother, puts on a helmet with, like, knives on it and runs towards him, stabs the host. Um, it's pretty gnarly. They throw raw meat at him in his face. Um, they and rub he has it to catch the raw meat. He yeah. has to, uh, the tube that he has to crawl through is filled with poop. Um, <laughs> it's gross. Yeah. It's, he steps like on broken glass or something as well. They make him step on like, uh, oh, some type yeah. of like shards. The very, yeah. The very big, the first obstacle is to jump, like has to do hopscotch through these fucking barrels of broken glass. It's crazy. Um, and I mean, it's a lot. Obviously, um, anybody with empathy and who isn't me um, probably has some type of like, uh, you know, remorse for this guy. They probably feel bad. I mean, obviously, yes. Uh, from the outside looking in, if I was in a situation, this is a shitty situation to be in. Uh, but for the sake of the absurdity of it all, I'm having a good time. Um, so to see him struggle through this is really funny to me. Um, they have him run I the I think it's because course. he reminds me of like Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he just reminds me of all these like. He, I mean, he just seems like he'd be an annoying douchebag anyways. 
Um, and the actor has a great, he does a great job of carrying that even through like these moments where he's like, nah, obviously going through trauma and hell. Um, he still kind of has like a smugness to him. Um, I mean, it doesn't come across that way, but I I'm just fucking did it. <laughs> yeah. He has a smugness to him still. So that's why, you know, seeing these things happen to him. I mean, I'm, I'm having a good time, you know, but it's crazy. Um, again, it's just absurd. And I remember watching this for the first time and like feeling so uncomfortable in this segment. Um, because just the way that they're torturing him. Um, not smart snuff very yeah. snuff yeah sure yes it's probably yeah the first time i felt like really uncomfortable so far because the first two segments are so fun you know and this one it takes a really really dark turn and yeah like stormy said it feels like we're watching some type of snuff film for sure so i don't know i just really enjoyed it um but yeah they make him run the obstacle course he doesn't make it but to try to persuade them to not kill him he says that you know what he can do for them is still get donna her wish um he can get her to ozzy's dungeon um and she can get her wish any wish that she wants so you know this family again being traumatized by this game show you know in their minds they're probably like yeah this is the only way we're going to be happy so let's get to that dungeon because we never got to do it um so he hops in the car with them they take a trip down to the studio um they enter the dungeon and this is where things kind of really take a wild turn like to say the least um because the dungeon is still present uh the fire and the torches outside of the dungeon and this is on the set you know so they get there um again everything is still lit the lady the bodybuilder is still there (laughs) yeah she's still there hanging out still standing guard um it's crazy and so they enter into the dungeon and they're going in there and the host is like wow like i didn't know this was an actual cave and deborah's like bitch what the fuck and he's like yeah i've never been in here before um and it's funny she gives a line where she goes so why I'm more dangerous than anything that we're going to meet down here. And I was like, the delusion. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a cave, girl, in a fucking studio back lot somewhere. Like, this is weird. In Hollywood. In Lord Hollywood. knows Hollywood has some deep secrets, girl. Bitch, there's caves all over that city. I know it. <laughs> and this is one of them, Ozzy's little dungeon. Um, but we get down into the dungeon, obviously. And there is like a group of people who are worshiping at the... Or, or surrounding an individual, worshiping them, and this person—I I mean, I don't know—they—they're very bloated, yeah, um, big breasts, big stomach. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they've like been impregnated by an alien. Like we don't know what this being is, right? Um, but you know, the host has Donna approach it um, or approach this person. She whispers into the person's ear, and then the person becomes like a huge alien like being it rips out from the stomach it starts sending its tentacles everywhere it's gnarly first off the way that this person is designed is um crazy to me like i don't again i don't know what what's happening here i have no fucking idea dude it's unsettling as soon as i really enjoyed it until we got to this part and like not it doesn't make me dislike it but i was just like what the fuck yeah, I think on second watch, I really came around to liking this more. Like you said, uh, the first time I was watching this, like, again, it was like, uh, you know, killing it for me. I was loving it. I was loving how uncomfortable I was feeling. I was like, I was liking the, you know, the very snuff and dark direction we were going in. And for it to like take a complete 180 and turn into like this weird alien creature thing that's, you know, living in the studio back lot somewhere. Um, it was kind of alarming. And I was like, okay, that was a little, that was a little much. Uh, it was a very chaotic way to end the segment. 
Uh, but coming back and watching it again and just kind of living through the segment once again, I really like it. I mean, again, this is an anthology. Um, you know, these are very short stories. So if you can gag me multiple times in one story, then I think you're doing a good job. Yeah, I. it's still really enjoyable. It just threw me off. <laughs> it, I mean, it makes no sense. Like, I don't yeah. know what's happening. Um, again, this thing attacks everybody. And so Deborah's like, Donna, what did you risk for you, little so like she obviously knows that her daughter did something very dark and menacing and the segment ends with donna like looking at everybody being killed by this thing in a very evil way so yeah. uh who knows it's a very random segment <laughs> but it's so good i do think it's like the bread and butter of this movie for sure it oh, yeah. again feels the most 90s so for sure yeah, so from this segment, then again, crazy fucking segment, we move into the fourth segment, which is called The Gawkers. So this one is directed by Tyler McIntyre. Um, and we have a pretty stacked cast. Um, I ran them at the beginning. I don't feel like giving their names again, so you can go look them up. Um, to be quite frank, I think probably my least favorite segment of the of the movie um we follow a group of young guys um best friends kind of uh very reminiscent of the first segment you know kind of being hooligans running around and doing silly <laughs> crazy damn stuff. kids yeah being kids of the 90s um but this story focuses on them having a very hot sexy neighbor across the way in the cul-de-sac um they're recording her you know in her <laughs> in her swimming pool um, and we see that they're trying to be teenage boys, which I mean, boys will be boys, I suppose. It's awful. But like we see them, you know, try to get upskirt shots of girls in this thing. Um, so again, they're just being a little assholes and trying their best to get, you know, the nudity that they so desperately crave because they couldn't just log on to Google and type in boobs. Um, so they're struggling, you know, right. they can't get the rocks off. And to do so, they're going to have to be little creeps. So they're really interested in this girl across the way. Um, and so they use one of them, his younger brother, who is the kid, because we find out that this younger brother was the one who was recording um, the stop motion the entire time. Right. Because when we cut from Ozzy's dungeon to a stop motion um, moment, we have two little green army men kissing each other. So, yay, some queerness. Um, and then, you know, the older brother walks what in on him. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And takes the camera, and then we move into the segment. So it also kind of feels like a fake out, because it feels like then this is going to be the last segment, possibly. Mm -hmm. At least the first time I was watching this, I was like, oh, this is the last segment. Um, but it was it like explains what's been threading them together this entire time, yeah. And yeah, these boys again are just really interested in trying to get you know some sexy f footage from their neighbor across the way. So, again, the younger brother, um, I guess he's like really nerdy at this time. <laughs> so, she we see that she has ordered a computer because the boys are spying on her the entire time. Again, the segment's called The Gawkers, so it's really just a lot of footage of them, you know zooming in on her across the street um but we see that she has a computer so the younger brother in helping her set up the computer they task him with installing some type of spyware some type of malware that will allow them to hack into her computer pretty much and be able to see her in her most private moments so the younger brother does that for them they of course set it up the very next night and we kind of get to the very, and again, this segment's very short. This is quite literally all that happens. We see some of the guys running around. They're playing on the skate park. Um, they're, again, getting footage of her. And so, like, by the time they set up the camera and they're spying on her, you know, she's taking off her clothes. We get some boobs in this movie as yeah, well. Yeah, we do. Woo-woo. Uh, <laughs> but while she's, you know, 
taking off her clothes. Um, all the boys are like freaking out. The younger one feels bad and leaves the room. And she becomes Medusa. She rips off her hair. One of the kids says one of the funniest things in the world. He goes, a wig. I knew it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. he clocked like, that wig. He's just staring at a wig line. What are you looking at? So he has to be gay. <laughs> He's a queer. Wig. It was, it's literally, guys, it's probably my favorite line in this entire movie. A wig. I knew it. <laughs> um, but when the wig comes off, the snakes come out. Um, there's one thing I didn't notice the first time I was watching this movie. Um, when they first like are filming her while she's in the pool and she has like her head back, um, you can hear snakes. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't there's hear that. There's also like she has those little statues everywhere. Statues everywhere. So Stormy was pretty quick. Once she saw that she was Medusa, Stormy was like, bitch, I knew it. Because the statues all over her yeah. fucking yard and shit. Um, but yeah, I'm happy I didn't hear the snakes because I think I would have put together that she was Medusa. Because this entire time that um, this is happening, the first she time... She also wears sunglasses. Oh, she does. Everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Mm, I'm... She can't look anybody in the eye. I mean, I knew that something was going to happen. And I knew she was going to be like some type of demon or monster. Or she was going to kill these guys. Um, heading into this and starting the segment. Because, I mean, again, we spend the entire time like watching through their lens <laughs> and watching what they want to see. So I was like, obviously she's going to turn the tables on them in some way. Um, so again, in this moment, she rips off her hair. Um, she has a lot of snakes on her head. Um, <laughs> an alarming amount, truly and honestly. <laughs> right. And so the, How oh, many shit. is too many? <laughs> mm, I'm going to use this movie as a uh, point of reference from this point forward. Okay, when good. somebody says, how much is too much? I'm like, I'm going to pull up an image <laughs> of this bitch's snake head. <laughs> Oh this is just too much um it looks it looks, it looks a little goofy to me i mean again it's yeah. medusa so it's like i'm not gonna knock it at all because anytime my bitch pops up in any movie or show i'm living she's uh, an unsung hero <laughs> she was did dirty um so anytime medusa gets to come around and you know be a bad bitch i'm all about it right but yeah, so she, again, undresses herself, becomes Medusa. They see that she's staring at them from across the street. She fucking just runs over, and <laughs> we hear her on the roof. They're freaking out. She busts, uh, she bursts through the window and starts tearing apart one of the boys on the bed. Uh, the other ones freak out. They run out of the room. She um, tears another one apart as well. And by the time that happens, uh, you know, the two brothers are left. She tears apart <laughs> the three other friends that were in the house. Uh, was there three friends in total? <laughs> I, win. I knew it <laughs> no you're, you're right you're right there's three yeah okay yeah, yeah. so she kills all the friends um she tears them apart um this one is also probably like the least graphic <laughs> segment out of all of them right yeah we skipped a lot <laughs> they call 911 and they're like <laughs> like guys we need help there's there's a lady with with snakes on her head oh <laughs> The 911 operator is just so unamused. He's like, how many snakes, sir? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't think I would be concerned about that part. I, I fucking love it. It is so fucking funny. <laughs> um, there's some great lines in this one. Um, again, it's probably not my favorite segment, but yeah. Um, near the end here when Medusa, when the Medusa shit starts to happen, as soon as that wig comes off, girl, uh, I'm loving every second of it. Um, but yeah, she tears apart the other boys. It's the two brothers that are left in the house. This is when we really find out that she, I mean, at this point, you have to know she's Medusa, but they really solidify it. Uh, they're running downstairs. She throws one of the heads of the boys at the door to stop them from leaving the house. Um, and in turning around, they see her at the um, on the staircase. She reveals her eyes. You know, they're just glowing orbs. 
Um, she turns the boys into stone and she stares at the camera to end the segment. It was solid. You know, again, I'm never going to be upset with a Medusa story popping up in anything. Um, I think this was a fun way to play into it by having people who are constantly staring at this girl, recording her, trying to get all the footage that they can of her to then in turn her, you know, being somebody that you don't want staring back at you in any shape, way or form. Um, it's fun. I think it's a fun little segment. I think they do a good job at it. Um, I don't know if she's like my favorite design ever. Um, I mean, she's obviously very snake like, and I know there's not much you can really play with, with like the Medusa design. It just probably isn't my favorite, uh, yeah. but I'm happy with the segment for, you know, I enjoyed it for what it is. It's very short, like you said, so whatever. Yeah, she's, I like it. she's fine. You know, it's a it's a safe way to she's serviceable. A palate cleanser between the two. <laughs> there you go. Between Ozzy's Dungeon and to Helen back. So let's move on to the very last segment. Again, this one is called To Helen Back. Again, this one kind of came as like a random uh, jump scare for me because again, I didn't expect there to be another segment. Um, Andrew said, <gasps> "A white woman." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pops up to an old lady with her two thousands. Uh, oh yeah, it's on. the turn of the millennia. Yeah, yeah Y two K. In the last segment in the Gawkers. Um, there's a whole moment where one of the kids is talking about Y2K mm-hmm. and like warns everybody about it. I mean, again, it's He's the like, 90s. It's real, so. man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so again, To Hell and Back is directed by the duo, um, the married couple of Joseph and Vanessa Winter, who also just had um, a film called Deadstream come out on Shudder as well. I was not vibing with that movie. No? Um, no. And coming into this, I knew that they had a segment. I didn't know which one it was. Um, but by the time we got to this one and things were happening, um, and after watching a bit of Deadstream, I didn't finish it, mm-hmm. um, I can definitely see their style in this, their brand of comedy. Um, and I like this segment a lot. Um, again, Deadstream wasn't my favorite just because the character that we're following in that is just kind of annoying, you know? And if I don't have to subject myself to like watching somebody be annoying, even if they get their comeuppance in the end, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, you know, for the sake of me just having any care to pay attention to anything, then I won't do it. Um, but with this one, I think they do a great job. It's very funny from the jump. Um, we are pretty much with a group of witches who are taking the turn of the century. Um, Y2K to, you know, when the, the veil's the thinnest it can be, um, summon the demon. Should I say it on this podcast? Would you guys be scared? No. Stop that. Whisper. <gasps> I feel something coming over me. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Adrian's gone now. Uh? Okay, anyways. So, yeah, so these witches are trying to summon the uh, this demon, Ukaban, and um, it's very funny because the sacrifice, the vessel, they're interviewing her at one point. And she's just so nonchalant. It's like she's fucking coming into Bloomingdale's for an interview. Um, it is so fucking funny to me. Um, but we also have these two guys who are here to help film, pretty much. I really don't know what their play is here. I don't know why they're here. I think beyond to film. Um, so I don't know how they know these. You they're know, giving specs. Very. Tucker. Is it Tucker? Spe- specs and Tucker, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what they're giving for sure. Like They're obviously like the comedic relief here. Um, I don't know, again, how they've come to be, you know, friends or um, friendly, at least with this group of witches, but good for them. So anyways, move into the ritual. Um, you know, things are happening. Um, a spirit or a demon enters the room and we see it very quickly behind the TV. It's a very good little jump scare. So the witches are like trying to banish that entity out of the room. 
Um, when another one comes out from underneath the table, um, jumps on top of the boys, the witches banish that one back to hell. In turn, that creature brings the boys back with it. So we now have our two characters who are in hell. I really, really, really enjoy the design of everything here. I love the way hell looks. Um, I love how dark it is. I like how it really just seems like, uh, I mean, like a barren landscape of nothing. Um, blood and guts and random creatures. The demons, these two that we just saw, give me um, a very Hills Have Eyes energy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have that ancestral look to them. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so these creatures are crazy. I love the designs of everything down here in hell. Um, I think it all looks great. Um, I think the comedy works really well here. And we also have uh, Mabel the Destroyer, I believe, who um, the internet has really come to love. Um, she is like the breakout star of this movie, for sure, it seems like. Um, <laughs> we love really Mabel. Like <laughs> I think she's hilarious. Um, I, don't, I, I, I don't know if she's supposed to be like a human who just got stuck here and who is like just now really versed in the world of hell. I don't know. Um but she's very funny for sure. She, they, in meeting her, obviously, like they tell her their dilemma um, and what happened. And so she agrees to take him to the lair of Ukapan so that way they can latch on to him when they, when the witches bring him to the surface, uh, to Earth, so that way they can try to get back home. Um, so they decide to go along with Mabel. She runs through hell with them. Um, we see a lot of, again, spooky things, a lot of creature designs. There's one specific little thing, um, like with really small arms. It looks like a worm almost, but it also has like a really big, like womanly face. Um, it's really creepy. Um, um, I really enjoy Mabel as like a character, like you said. Um, but I, I don't really care for the segment. Yeah, I think it's okay. Um, it's probably like bottom tier for me. I, hmm, okay. Uh, it's going to be hard to rank these things because I, I like this one for sure, but I do see it maybe, yeah, will it be bottom two? I don't, I, no, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll rank them here in a bit. Um, but I, I just like this one. I don't know. I think <laughs> I just like the atmosphere of it. Um, I do like that this one guy, he's still wearing a party hat. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the entire time, the 2000s yeah. hat. Yeah. I don't know why that's so funny. Like just, Battling demons while you're <laughs> <laughs> wearing a party hat. When you're in a striped shirt and a party hat. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're really funny. Um, they do, like, mention at one point, like, when they're trying to figure out the demon's name, uh, they mention, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Uh, again, all very 90s. It's all very funny. Um, I think it's very solid. Uh, but, yeah, that's really kind of all that we get here in this segment. By the time they do get back to the layer of Ukaban. Um, you know, all the people that are surrounding Gugabon attack one of the guys. Um, they do have a dilemma where, you know, they they don't seem to trust each other too much. So they do save each other in the end. Um, Mabel knows of the book that the witches are using, asks them to write her name in the book for her, um, for herself when they get back up to the surface or to Earth. Um, and, yeah, they're able to pretty much get away. Mabel gets killed by the, it's like a winged demon devil creature that's chasing him through hell. Yeah. Which is really cool, also. Uh, we don't see much of it. We just kind of get, like, the silhouette of the wings a lot. Um, but it's really creepy. But it comes at the very end and stabs Mabel and kills her. Um, and they jump into the demon Ukabon's like, stomach sack thing. Um, they're transported up to the top. One of them enters into the body of the girl who was the vessel. So the witches immediately kill her. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, and then they stab the other guy in the neck too. And while he's dying, he's able to use his blood to write Mabel's name in the book. And yeah, that's Mabel the Skullbiter. <laughs> <laughs> she is really funny. I think she really is the bright spot of this uh, yeah. segment for sure. For sure. The acting, um, probably beyond Sonia Eddy, I think she obviously does the best in terms of acting in this movie. Um, she's giving Smeagol uh, the house down boots. Um, so I'm having a good time Smeagol with her. Smeagol the house down boots. All right, that's who she's giving for sure. She's giving my precious. <laughs> she's giving the one ring to rule all. Yeah, she's very much uh, channeling her, el- uh, her inner golem. <laughs> I enjoy her, to be quite honest. Oh, yeah, I enjoy her for sure. Just not her segment. So what about the segment are you just not vibing with? Is it too simple or? I just, I don't know. I don't. Is it the comedy? Because they do, uh, there's a lot of comedy. Like it's nonstop jokes like the entire time. Um, For me, I don't think it's a bad way to end the movie. Yeah, I'm not really sure what it is about it. I just didn't have a great time. You know, now that we're kind of talking about all the segments, I kind of feel you. It definitely feels like it may kind of fall towards the bottom. I don't know. Should we start ranking them? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so we have I five I need the of names of all of them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our very first segment was titled Shredding. So that's, of course, Bitch Cat, um, so on and so forth. Second segment, we have Suicide Bid, the sorority girls. Third segment, we had Ozzy's Dungeon, self-explanatory. She's iconic. Uh, moving on to fourth, we have the Gawkers. Uh, which was the Medusa story. And then the last one is to Helen back, which is our journey into hell uh, with Mabel, the skull biter. What is the official name again? I'm sorry. To hell and back. To hell and back. Okay. Um, do we want to do worse? Like worse Top to down? bottom? Yeah. Or bottom like, to top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, bottom of my list is the Gawkers. Hmm. That's very easy for me. Bottom of my list is probably to Helen Beck. This one? Yeah. Okay. Is it just, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I, I, I understand. Like, I really do because I don't know. It just wasn't vibe. You just weren't vibing with it? No, I don't really enjoy the creatures that we do get to see. I don't know. I just. I'll blame you. Also, I mean, not to say that it, I mean, I kind of like, I like the general aspect of like the location and everything, but I guess really in comparison to everything else, I mean. Maybe it's giving Blair Witch in hell and I don't enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Fair. Very fair. Um, again, I also do think like the simplicity of everything. Again, like it just definitely feels like they're just running around like in Red Rock <laughs> Canyon here in Vegas, yeah. like, at, you know, very late at night. Like it doesn't maybe feel Mm, I get. Yeah, I guess I definitely could have seen them maybe push the boundaries a little bit more. Um, I like the creatures. I think they really focus a lot of their attention on these creatures that they would meet in hell. Because um, I think all the creature designs are pretty solid. Um, but I do think maybe everything else did kind of fall to the wayside a little bit. Um, but again, you know, this is um, a horror short. So the budget's probably not going to be grand for them to be, you know, make hell this humongous thing. Yeah. Uh, but I do think it does kind of hinder it just a little bit. It just all feels very... Um, it feels very simple. Um, but yeah, the creature designs are great, but I do think this one will probably fall in at my number four. Okay. Um, my number four is probably Gawkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's the shortest segment. I should have timed them, but I feel like it's probably the shortest segment. 
I mean, it's self-explanatory in the name. We're just watching boys gawk at a woman for a majority of the time, and then, you know, we get a Medusa twist. So it was fine. Uh, what's number three for you? Uh, probably Suicide Bid. Same. Yeah. Our top three is going to be the same, I'm pretty sure. Maybe. Actually, probably not. I don't know. Um, I think we'll have separate one and twos. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Suicide Bid's my number three. Okay. Uh, she was solid. Um, I like the story. Um, I love I love Universal Studios. So Guillotine was serving <laughs> for me. Guillotine works, love it. She's spooky. <laughs> Claustrophobia. It's yeah. serving bullied PTSD. We're good. <laughs> I'm living for it. <laughs> yeah, I like it more than To Hell and Back. I really do. Sorry, y'all. I love Mabel. I really do. Um, but yeah, I just there's something about the Suicide Bed I really like. You know, maybe it is just the Universal Studios of it all, but I really love it. I think you really enjoy Sorority Row. <laughs> um, I think I just like the aspect of being buried alive. I, again, I think it's just the catharsis of um, claustrophobia. Facing I, it. Mm-hmm. Facing your fears through That shit film. freaks me out. So, like, yeah. it, I, The Descent is one of my favorite horror movies because, Oof. like, we're constantly Girl. feeling claustrophobic mm-hmm. the entire time. So when That's it can one of the feel, reasons that I don't like The Descent. Oh, I love is it. Is it makes me feel... <sighs> yeah, it's, it. it's hard for me to feel... Like, <sighs> so, <laughs> it happens... In, in in this movie specifically, it's only it only happens with the coffin scene and mm. the leg scene. So like very gratuitous yeah. uh, gore could be very um ooh, for me as well. Yeah. But yeah, I love it. So two. Uh, my second one will be shredding. Okay, so we're opposite. Yeah, I knew we would be opposite for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, shredding. I really enjoy it. Again, it was it was kind of near the bottom of my list the first time I watched it. Uh, but in coming back and watching the movie for a second time, it yeah, it, I mean, obviously jumped all the way up to second. It was probably like down in fourth um, mm-hmm. initially when I first watched this, but it definitely jumped up to second. Um, I think watching it back, it I think it's a great way to start the entire uh, anthology. Um, I think it's really fun. I think probably beyond Ozzy's Dungeon, it feels the most 90s. Um, and I think it's just great. Uh, I love, again, the good for her energy. I love Bitch Cat. Um, I love their designs as undead creatures of the night. Um, I love those little assholes getting everything handed to them and right. then some. And I just really enjoy it. I really enjoy I don't, I'm not sure which character it is, but when Unker um, does the, the he, he wants to like put her to peace, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those yeah, assaults yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Those, whatever he does. Um, Whenever she's melting, the like the bi colors, it's like pink, blue, and purple pops up. Like just like she's melting into pink, blue, and purple, and I really like that. Yeah, it's so good. But other than that, you've covered everything that I thought about shredding. It was good. It's so good. I really enjoy it. So your two is Ozzy's Dungeon. Yes. My one would be Ozzy's Dungeon. Ozzy's Dungeon is in spot two for me because of the replay on her, Donna's leg over and over again. Um, I really like body horror, but just like anybody else, um, it's too much. That's too many slices. I don't want anymore. <laughs> Please stop. Please yeah. stop. It was a lot. It's a lot to handle. Um, I really, I, her mom, the mom is chef's kiss. She's ridiculous. She's the epitome of like what a mother's love will do yeah, type shit. So like going it. to the ends of the world. Um, but in the end, like, is it really for her daughter? Exactly. Or is it her own catharsis here? So who knows? It's still really enjoyable, though. Yeah, it feels like there's the most layers um, in that segment. Um, again, to me, I think it's obviously unapologetically the most 90s thing in this thing, f- simply for the um, 
the Legends of the Hidden Temple knockoff. <laughs> uh, so it's really fun to watch it. The most sinister and unsettling segment probably the whole basement scene is like really uncomfortable right. while being really over the top at the exact same time um so it just brings a lot of fun for me at least to the movie and then it gives us like a completely over the top and wacky ending um that i, I can't even explain to be honest mm-hmm. and i really like it i do think it's probably the shining segment in the movie for me um but the thing is with vhs 99 i really like like all of them even the gawkers I mean, like we said, it's probably some of the funniest shit in this movie said in that segment. And it's at the bottom of the list, you know? So I think it's a really <laughs> a solid wig. movie. Wig. I knew it. A wig. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely gets more energy. Like he's like, I knew it. But like, it just gives that energy. <gasps> yeah. A wig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start oh saying that more God. often, bitch, for sure. <laughs> it's going to become... The house is on fire. (laughs) Who set the house on fire? Who set the house on fire? I'm going to start just gasping and like, (gasps) a wig. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be scaring everybody left and right. I know. My butthole is going to clench every time you do it. Um, Altogether, I really had a good time. I enjoy it far more than I like the original, honestly. Um, I'm interested to see like once I see all of them to see how it ranks, how it evens out with everything. We should watch um, the VHSs just for the fuck of it at this point. Definitely reinvigorates me to try and give at least VHS more tries. I don't know about anthologies. This month we'll test the see what takes it out of me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um I love it. It's a good it. time. Yeah, I think it's great. I no love alcohol or weed required. Yeah. Just food. Yeah, just food. Um, maybe not, actually. Um, we were still eating by the time we got to Ozzy's Dungeon, and that was a mistake. So, Yeah, texture after that wasn't the best. Yeah, but I think it's great. I love VHS 99. Again, even in ranking Studio them. Studio 71. We had to do it for you guys, but, I mean, all these segments are great. Like, there's some shining light of happiness in every single one. You'll find something to enjoy in any one of these segments. Um, I think it's such a cohesive um, collection of films to bring together in an anthology. Because um, sometimes in these anthologies, like, the stories can be very disconnected. Yeah. Um, so when they can bring them together or make them kind of all just fit together it's it's always a big plus like stormy said at the very beginning like that's a big plus um so i think this again i think this collection of films works great together i love vhs 99 um and i can't wait to watch more uh vhs films and i'm happy that the franchise is you know has a second wind pretty much what a way to start off the month yes officially (laughs) since we took a week for ourselves um, so what also, are we reading? Go listen to our last fucking episode. Oh okay. yeah, go listen to our one hundredth episode, guys. <laughs> uh, it gets a walk down memory lane, a walk to dismember, if you will. Um, and we would appreciate it. Yeah, it was really fun. It was fun to go back and just edit that and listen back <laughs> to our moments, anyways. So, um, yeah, else? let's rate this thing, shall we? Yeah, out of VHS um, tapes, right? Obvious. Or after, uh, maybe after off a blockbuster membership card. Oh yeah, <laughs> something VHS um, related. Let's just do VHSs. Uh, I what do you say reading? she's probably a four. Yeah, four out, out of five. Time. Easy. Yeah. I'm not even going to like sit here and try to add suspense. I'm also at a four out of five for sure. I love this movie. Work. I think it's fun. I can see myself watching it again for sure. Um, it's a good time. I really enjoy it, you guys. So if you haven't seen it, again, it's streaming on Shudder. Go work. So go have a good time with it. And Stormy, where can everybody find us? <gasps> a wig. <laughs> 
a wig. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pod. You can stream us on pretty much every platform, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can email us at slash her pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon. Adrian, you want to introduce our Patreon members? Yes. So, of course, a big shout out to our Patreon members. And also, again, you guys, go join the Patreon. Bonus episodes, early access. Come hang out with us even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but a big shout, out, uh, big shout out to our opening kill tier, A Nightmare on Fear Street. And our final girl tier, Sarah G, Yvette R, Michael D, Annie C, and Patient C. Uh, thank you guys again for your continued support. Thank you guys again for kicking off the month with us. And we'll be back next week with more horror anthology fun. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Bye.